Let's review the techniques for high-flow radial artery bypass for management of complex and giant cerebral aneurysms. This is a very young patient who presented with progressive right-sided hemiparesis and on imaging evaluation was diagnosed with a 6-centimeter left-sided partially thrombotic, partially calcified aneurysm at the level of the internal carotid artery bifurcation. Primary clip ligation of this aneurysm was deemed essentially impossible and its trapping was deemed the most safe and effective method to exclude this aneurysm from the circulation. Therefore, a high flow bypass using the radial artery graft was planned for revascularization of the MC3 after the aneurysm was definitively ligated at the level of the ICA. The left frontotemporal craniotomy was performed, the neck was prepared, the left arm was used as the radial artery was harvested. Here's the opening within the neck. The uh, proximal anastomosis was performed per first as the length of the radial artery was noted to be slightly short despite maximal removal of the artery from the arm. A punch was used to create the appropriate anastomotic site at the level of the internal carotid artery in the neck following completion of the anastomosis at the neck, this vessel was tunneled toward the cranial incision. Here you can see the location of the proximal anastomosis at the level of the ICA. Subsequently, the anterior limb of the sylvian fissure was dissected. The ICA was exposed. You can see the origin of the M1 from the broad neck of the aneurysm. Next, the M2 trunk, and more specifically the temporal trunk, was exposed, skeletonized, and prepared using papaverin soaked gel foam for performance of the distal anastomosis. Direct Motor evoke potentials were used for monitoring. The distal donor end is being prepared. A six millimeter arteriotomy was performed on the temple M2 trunk due to the slightly short length of the bypass graft, the initial running suture was done via the inside of the vessel. A nino suture was used Felt that the running technique is quite effective in these large size vessels. 
here's another suture at the heel of the anastomosis to keep the vessels more appropriately approximated before the running suture is further advanced. Again, you can see that this suturing technique is performed from within the lumen of the vessel. After that limb of the anastomosis is completed, the more superficial limb is also performed. Temporary clips are removed, hemostasis is attained, microdoppler ultrasonography confirms adequate flow, the ICA is dissected at the level of the skull base and a permanent clip is implanted distal to the anterior choroidal artery. Here is the anterior choroidal artery origin. So the perforators at the level of the IC bifurcation are also apparent. Here's the PCOM. Here's the permanent clip. Intraoperative fluorescein angiography reveals good flow within the bypass graft. ICG confirms similar findings. However, you can see some retrograde flow through the A1 into the aneurysm. Here is another view of this retrograde flow through the ICG. Intraoperative angiogram confirms the retrograde flow from the A1 causing refilling of the aneurysm sac. Subsequently, a permanent clip was placed across A1 ipsilaterally, just distal to the IC bifurcation. The aneurysm appears very relaxed. It is trapped now. Here's the M1 origin, and postoperative angiogram demonstrates complete entrapment of the aneurysm with adequate filling and patency of the radial bypass graft, and this patient's hemiparesis significantly improved after surgery. Thank you.